Hi there, James Wedmore here. I'm host of the Mind Your Business podcast and founder of the Rapid Growth System for online experts looking to scale their business, business by design. And if you don't know me, I've actually been running an online business for the past 15 years now, and I primarily do that with digital products. And I don't think I need to tell you that digital products are hands down the most profitable and fulfilling business model that exists online. Think about it. What else allows you to take your genius, your wisdom, your expertise, and package it in a way that you build it once and continue to get it into the hands of thousands, reach people all over the world, and start getting paid to make a difference? That's what I've done, and chances are, if you're listening to this, that's what you want to be doing as well. But let's face it, it's hard. Is super overwhelming. And everyone seems to be teaching that one thing. Like you have to be doing this to be successful or this is the answer to get more customers or this is the platform or tool you need to be on in order to reach more people. But the problem is business is not whittled down to just one thing. And until you take a holistic approach to running your business, chances are you'll be missing more than one thing. And that's where I come in. This June, I am hosting the first of three live training workshops called The Rise of the Digital CEO. In this training, you're going to walk through and see behind the curtain of my eight-figure digital product-based business so you can see the exact five gears that run my entire business. Whether you're just starting out or you're struggling to sell your course or you're ready to scale it and take to the next level, you're going to see what today's most successful digital CEOs are doing differently to attract more clients and customers and sell more of their digital products. To step into the role that your business needs, head on over to businessbydesign.net forward slash rise. Hey, Ambitious Bookkeepers, today we're dropping a special bonus episode to help inspire you if you're new to the thought of starting your own business, or you've recently made the decision to. A couple times a year, we open the Bookkeeping Biz Workshops, a workshop series just for those who are wanting to start or who have recently started their businesses. And after the workshops are over, I usually bring in a few bookkeepers who I've worked with either in the workshops or in the accelerator program I have, and I interview them about their journey of starting their business. I've never shared these outside of the workshops, so as a podcast listener, you're getting a sneak peek into what you might experience inside the workshops or my other programs. I hope these interviews inspire you to take action in whatever way that is, big or small, deciding to quit your job, or even just declaring that you will start your business and be joining us in the upcoming workshops. Like I said, these are interviews from the last round of the workshops in 2021, so if you want to hear the new stories that will be showcased in this round, make sure that you sign up. First, I'll be interviewing Erin Poen, an accountant, mom, and the owner of Upkeeping. Next, you're going to hear from Misa, who was in my very first cohort of BBA when it was a brand new program, and she's the owner of Perfectly Kept Books. I'll always hold a special place in my heart for my first cohort as they've been along for the ride since the beginning, and as you'll hear from both ladies, the community we've built is one of the best parts. I hope these interviews inspire you as much as they do me, and their words of wisdom help you in some way. Without further ado... Let's hear from Aaron and Misa. 
Hey, and welcome to the Ambitious Bookkeeper Podcast. I'm Serena Shoup. I am a CPA and mom of three, and I'm running a virtual bookkeeping business mostly from my home. You're in the right place if you're a bookkeeper, accountant, or an accounting student, and you know that your purpose is bigger than sitting in a cubicle. If you're ready to learn some actionable tips and strategies to help you start and grow a bookkeeping or accounting business, I hope you stick around. This is Erin. She was one of my BBA students. Was it last cohort? The last one that we just did? Okay. It feels so long ago, yet not long ago. (laughs) Like time is just warped lately. Uh, So yes, Erin was in the last cohort of BBA. I wanted to bring her on and just have her share her story, her experience in BBA and her story from before she was in BBA and all that good stuff. So Erin, I'm going to let you take it away and just introduce yourself, give a little background on where you were at um, in your career and kind of where you're at now. Cool. Hi, I am Erin. I own Upkeeping, which has been official since March of this year. Yes, very exciting. Um, Where do I begin? So I have about 15 years of experience now in the accounting industry, and it's just been kind of various facets, private accounting, public accounting, nonprofit, and then educational sector as well. About this time last year, I applied for a job at a local firm. I'm in Seattle, Washington. In my interview process, meeting with the owner, he stopped the interview and said, why are you interviewing with me? Why are you not doing this for yourself? And I was like, "Uh, because I've never thought of that. (laughs) But there were so many other reasons at that moment why I wasn't doing that. So fast forward to January or February or so when you did your business bookkeeping workshop, Serena. I don't know how I was targeted on Facebook. I'm so glad I was. I saw your ad and I was like, huh, that's interesting. Great price point. So let's do it. What's there to lose? So I joined the bookkeeping business workshop and I was like, yeah, you know, I was like super involved. I Mm -hmm. I was there for each live session and it was really great. And I would say the thing that I really took away from that experience was there are so many people like me who have experience in bookkeeping, but are too afraid to just try it and go for it. And I think I was missing that community, first of all, to know that there are others just like me who Mm want to do it. And then all the other information that was received, like what tech to use and how to get clients and how to not, you know, be a sleazy salesman, which I love that last class. So I finished those workshops and I set off to get my LLC established. And I had, I've had a, a single bookkeeping hobby client on the side for three years. So I was like, okay, well, I can do his books, no problem. And once I started the LLC, I kind of put my information out there for the world, started my Instagram account, and I've grown from March to now. I have 11 clients, which is super exciting. I just got these bumps. I don't think I realized how many you were up to. Yeah. In six months, basically. Yeah. Six months. And I think that was my year out goal was to have 10 clients. So, um, 
it's going a lot faster than planned, but that's kind of what happens when you jump into something and you jump into the unknown and realize that you can actually float and do it. So it's really exciting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. So here's the big question. Cause I remember you answered a poll on Instagram the other day and I was like, we have to talk about this. Where have most of your clients come from? So the funny thing is I have three clients from when I attended your bookkeeping business workshop, I attended with a friend who has become a very dear friend and peer throughout this. And so we've worked together. I've helped her figure out QuickBooks online because she's got desktop down like to a T. And so we've worked together to help her figure that out. And then she had a few clients that she gave to me so that she can focus on some of her larger clients. That's kind of been like a referral kind of situation, Mm -hmm. but I've actually received my, the majority of my clients through Upwork, which is really funny because I have not even sent a proposal to these clients. I've set up my Upwork profile And I don't know what the algorithm is over there, but I swear it's like, if I just log into my account, like the next day I'll have an invitation for an interview. It detects, I think if you're active on the platform, because I've noticed the same thing. Yeah, it makes sense. So number one tip, log into your Upwork right now (laughs) or after this. But yeah, I, I get invitations to interview and I send them to my website. And that was a big thing I learned through BBA was how to set up my proposal if I needed to. I had no idea I was allowed to even link my website to Upwork proposals. I was like, oh, what's the gray area here? Will Upwork like cancel me? But they haven't. And so I always link them to my website and they book a meeting. And I think I've got five or six clients that way so far. So yeah. Wow. Have you gotten any referrals from any of those clients? Yes, one. So I have one client who happens to be semi-local on the other side of the state, but he did refer me to another client. And are those Upwork clients local? Are they finding you locally because of your location or is it? No, I mean, all over the country. And and I will say that is the one thing that's been wonderful about COVID is people have begun to accept, you know, this work from home life, the cloud space life, accepting that, hey, I'm in Seattle and they are in North Carolina and they need booking services, but the time Mm -hmm. difference doesn't matter because we can still meet virtually. Yeah. That's so awesome. So yeah, that is one of the bonuses is getting your first or next client on Upwork. So (laughs) when you join BBA, you'll get all my tips and tricks. That was where I got all my initial clients too, because like I've mentioned this before, I was kind of just dipping my toes in and doing this on the side and kind of being like secretive about it because I was like supposed to be a stay-at-home mom, not secretive from my husband, but like my family and stuff. I was just like, I feel like I'm going to be judged because I left corporate to be a stay-at-home mom. And now here I am like trying to work. (laughs) So that was my way of like not spamming my Facebook account and not announcing to the world. Although I do recommend doing that because it does open doors (laughs) now that I realize it, but I probably could have grown a lot faster, but yeah, my first few clients were on Upwork and then those people just started referring me and now I don't really need Upwork, but I go poke around anyways, because it's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I totally relate to, I have two kids of my own. So it's always been trying to find that balance between like 
using the knowledge that I've obtained, the experience that I have, and then being at home. So that's why it was always important for me to have, you know, that flexibility in my mm-hmm. schedule, which is super nice. My kids go back to school next week. I've got a co-working space that I'm signing up for and Yay. I will be, yeah, I will be really focusing on upkeeping, which is exciting. But I also, and this is like a huge thing is I let go of that part-time job that I had when I Congratulations. started, uh, thank you. Yeah. When I started upkeeping earlier this year, I was actually balancing two part-time jobs and that was about 50 hours a week. It was a lot wow. not sustainable. So I let go of one of those and that was just kind of educational content for accounting. Mm-hmm. So I let go of that in April, almost right after I started the um, LLC. And then two weeks ago, a little over two weeks ago, I put in my notice for my local firm here so I could just take off with upkeeping and make that my, my thing. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see what happens now that you're creating that space yeah. and you're probably still going to be working way less. <laughs> I know. That's the thing I do. I have so much more time in my schedule. I feel like I'm in trouble. Like, what am I not doing? But I've got all my August bookkeeping done. So what are you doing with your free time now that you are getting that extra time? Are you just kind of like enjoying the time with the kids? Well, yes. Last week before school. (laughs) So yes. But I'm also studying for my CPA. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. So yeah, you. yeah, that, you know, that tends to happen with us when we do get time, we just, we'll fill it. We fill it. Yeah. It, <laughs> We're a little it's, too ambitious. It's a, problem. it's a little bit of a problem. <laughs> I should just sit back, but it's good. I, I need to keep my brain busy. Yeah. That's so awesome. Oh, how exciting. So, okay. Another question. How did you come up with your LLC name? Something generic or unique? Yeah, that took time. So I was on the VIP calls after the workshop mm-hmm. before I joined BBA. And that was one of the things that came up was coming up with the name. And so I just had to really think about it. And it just kind of came to me and I wasn't even married to it at first, but I was like, I'm just going to run with it. I can change my name later if I need to. And I've actually grown to really love it. So yeah. yeah. Explain the rationale or the story behind the name. Yeah. So upkeeping is accounting cleanups and bookkeeping services. So you've got the up and the keeping. The part that I wasn't particularly married to was the fact that it was so closely related to upwork, which is where Mm -hmm. I was finding my clients. But I looked up the definition for upkeeping and it was like to maintain in good financial condition. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is it. This is perfect. So I, you know, the other thing was I went and did an LLC search in my state to make sure no one else had the same name. And so you don't want to buy a domain name or do any of that work until you make sure that you can actually use that in your state. So yeah, it was free. And yeah, so I ran with it. Awesome. Are you thinking about trademarking it nationally since you work yes. everywhere? Yeah. I, yeah. I want to really bad. And so I, that that's kind of on my list of things to do. It's kind of like (laughs) down there in the list and I probably should move it up. You should definitely bump it up. I had been putting off trademarking. Well, I've been in the process of trademarking ambitious bookkeeper for quite a while. It's a long process. So like, I think we started it like eight months ago and we still haven't gotten the final letter because everything's just backlogged, Mm -hmm. but I had been waiting on trademarking the course name because I was like, it doesn't matter that much. And it was kind of on my list for 2022 
to trademark it. <laughs> and I put it on a, a post-it on my bulletin board and was like, this is going to be the first big investment I make in 2022. So when I have like the extra 25, cause it's, it's pricey <laughs> to yeah. use it, have an attorney do it for you. Cause right. you need to have an attorney do it. It's like $2,500, the attorney that I use. And she's amazing by the way. <laughs> and so I just kind of had it sitting there, like looking at it every time I was in my office. And then I had this random unexpected $2,500 kind of come into my life through my business. So I was like, okay, it's time. <laughs> awesome. That's encouraging. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So how important do you think the name thing is? We'll be back after a quick break. This episode of the Ambitious Bookkeeper podcast is sponsored by my brand new free training, The Ultimate Guide to Creating a Profitable Bookkeeping Business. In just one hour, you will learn three keys to creating and launching a profitable bookkeeping business. We will map out your path to creating a bookkeeping or accounting business that keeps you in control of your time, priorities, and expertise. From someone who built a six-figure firm on part-time hours. That's right. You can stay in control of your time, keep family as your priority, and serve your clients well. It just takes a little strategy up front, and I'm going to help you with that during this free training. So head over to the show notes to sign up now for the next training and find out how you can choose the work you do, kick imposter syndrome to the curb, use tech to be super efficient, which all leads to a profitable business. Just head on over to ambitiousbookkeeper.com slash training, and I will see you there. I think it's pretty important. I mean, like I said, you can always change it later, but that comes with, you know, time and work on your end and a lot of communication to, you know, advise your current clients and whatnot. But yeah, I think it's good to take time. If you don't have a name right now, take really take time and dive into what you want your clients to feel when they see your name and experiencing that through their eyes. So I've worked with a branding coach since forming the LLC. And I think one of the questions that someone asked on our BBA page was about like, should I put my picture on my LinkedIn profile or my, my LinkedIn business or my logo? And working with the branding coach really showed me that I can be the face behind my brand of upkeeping. Mm -hmm. And I can make it really personal for my clients and prospective clients to know who I am. So even in the name upkeeping, like, I feel like my personality is showing through. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really um, important thing to think about. I agree. I think you should have your face in your profile pictures of whatever your social medias are. You can still layer in your logos and stuff, but people need to know the face behind the brand. Even if you're eventually going to not be the complete face of the brand, like I still use my face on everything for my bookkeeping business, but I don't do most of the work anymore. <laughs> I'm still kind of the face of the brand, but my clients also know that I have a team. So yes, I think having your face on there is really important. And same with ambitious bookkeeper. Like it was a hard decision. Like, should I use a different name or should I go with my personal name and be like a personal brand? I'm like, there's no way around it. You have to be a personal brand anyway. It's just a matter of like, if you want to use a different name or use your own name. <laughs> yeah. And it was easier for me because I don't have my CPA yet. I think I would have been more enticed to be like Aaron Pohan, CPA. 
because you work so hard for it. Yeah. <laughs> that you're like, I want that bad boy on everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was like that at the beginning too. When I first got my CPA license, I added it to my email signature and corporate and stuff. I was so proud of it. And now I'm just like, I'm still very proud of it, but it does attract people that want tax. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm not doing that. Sorry. Neither. <laughs> and they're done that. So yeah, I still like, I still sprinkle it in. I don't use it all the time, but I still sprinkle it in because yeah, I'm very proud of it, but yeah. So anyway, Aaron, thank you so much. I'm going to ask you one more question. What advice would you give somebody if they were on the fence of starting their bookkeeping business? Like they think they should do it, but they're just still kind of on the fence. What would you tell them? I would say, stop saying, I can't stop saying I can't, you have to let go of your limiting beliefs. It's scary. It's not easy coming from experience. I am still letting go of limiting beliefs. My limiting beliefs just for full transparency were I'm not going to get clients. What do I do? If I have questions, I don't have someone to ask anymore. It's all on me. I was assuming my client's affordability, which was huge too. And so I have worked through all of those and it's going to be a continuous process. Mm -hmm. But what BBA brings is community with the hot seat calls and that Facebook group that you get to join. If you have questions, people are so, so helpful. And if they have the answer, they want to help. If they don't, Serena or Mariah jumps on and it's so great because... I've seen them jump on and say, let's hop on a call and figure it out. So yeah, you're not alone. You don't have to do it alone. And as far as rejection, rejection is huge. I made rejection like a huge thing in my head. But the first time I was rejected was through an Upwork opportunity. And the problem with Upwork is there's a lot of people on there who will accept jobs for a really small fee. So you're kind of competing with those people. But at the end of the day, the client who puts those projects out there is going to get what they paid for, in my opinion. So this client that I really wanted ended up going with someone who was far cheaper than me. And the rejection in that was actually really wonderful because it helped me know my worth. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't settle for prices that were way below what I should be accepting. So it was actually a really empowering feeling. Wow. <laughs> You're just like on it with the goosebumps today. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, you keep giving me goosebumps with everything you're saying. That's really awesome to hear. To be able to flip it around like that is really amazing. Okay. So how much do you think that setting up your process has helped you with being able to manage taking on that many clients so quickly? Yeah, processes. So... I don't use Asana yet, which plug for the workflow queen. I actually signed up for one of her workshops and then I wasn't able to commit to it, but that's also on my list. I do want to get Asana. I don't have it yet, but I'm keeping up with my current clients because I just have a ton of Google task checklists and reminders on my calendar to do all the things. So whether it's like EFTPS deposits on one day, I also prioritize my schedule. And Serena, you've talked about this too, like on Sunday night, sitting down and figuring out what you're going to do for the week. And so I focus like on Mondays, I do deposits and I do bill payments. And then I also go into each of my clients' books 
almost daily or at least week daily to accept in transactions that are already set up with rules and stuff like that so that I keep those outstanding transactions really minimal at month end. So when it's time to go into the books, it's really easy. I'm only like working on the ones that I may need to log into their bank accounts for or get more information from them for. And so I feel like just keeping upkeeping each day really helps at the end of the month and Mm -hmm. it's not overwhelming. That's awesome. That's a really good insight because everybody works differently, right? (laughs) Doing daily bookkeeping was not my style, which is probably why I hired it out so quickly. (laughs) I like to not really have to do much during the month and then just go in at month end and do it all. I'm one of those like project completists where when I sit down for something, I want to finish it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I like doing the deep work, but yes, that is really great insight to have because everybody has a different style and I can see where, I mean, we do weekly stuff on a few of our clients just to stay caught up, but everyone on my team is part-time. So no one really does anything daily. So that's fun too, is having the flexibility to, to do that. So thank you for answering that question. All right. I'm going to let you go for the rest of your day. And I can't believe you're up to 11 clients. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Erin, for coming on here and I'll see you soon. Thanks. See you soon. I have Nisa here. She is one of my first cohorts of BBA, right? Yes. (laughs) And which seems crazy. Like it wasn't that long ago, but it was also a long time ago. Yeah, (laughs) it was. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to bring her in to allow you guys to just continue to be inspired by people's stories. So let's get to it. Right. So I'm going to ask Misa, I'm just going to do some like rapid fire questions and let her just kind of have her story unfold. So Misa, where were you? at in terms of like in your career and the thoughts of starting a business when you first came across me? I had always thought I wanted to start a business, but I never knew exactly what. So I was like, okay, I'll just continue to try to climb up the corporate ladder, you know, as they say. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm working in corporate. I was in corporate, what, almost 12 years. So I was there and I was kind of stuck there because I got to the point where I couldn't get any higher than I was. I made it to a supervisor level and I couldn't get past that because they were just, they didn't want me to go higher. And I was like, okay, okay. (laughs) So I see what's happening here. (laughs) Okay, I I, I understand now. So I was like, you know what? I need to figure out what I need to do. And then I was like, I studied accounting. I've been working in accounting. Okay, so how can I translate those skills? And then I was like, it's like, I don't know what it is. Like one day it just, it like popped into my head. I was like, bookkeeping. And I was like, huh. So then of course what I do, I research. So I started researching and I was like, oh my goodness. Like this could be something because I said, every business needs bookkeeping. Like if you have a business, you have to, now whether you're doing it or not, that's another thing, but every business <laughs> needs to have it done. And so I was like, oh, this is great because I would always think about like how many times I would come across other businesses, like while I'm working in corporate, where they're like double paying or doing weird things. They're like, what's going on with it? And I'm just like, who's handling your books? That that would always be my thought is like, if you're, if you're on top of your bookkeeping, there should be no duplicates. There should be no, like, 
Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, it's like it connected finally. And so, yeah. of course, I'm doing all my research and I really can't tell you how I came across Serena. I have no idea. It's like one day I was. It was Googling. the algorithm. Yes. You started researching. <laughs> yes. Big Brother was all over that. <laughs> and also, the thing about it is, like, I'm real weird about, you know, working with certain people because, like, like, you really, you really have to connect to me in some type of way and mm-hmm. everything I was reading I was like oh yes I was like I love what she's saying it's really resonating and I was like okay let me see what she's talking about and so I, I remember I even sent you an email and I was mm-hmm. like I found your page I can't remember how I found it but just want to let you know I was like this is great content this is like exactly what I need to hear and I was like whenever you know roll out whatever you're rolling out I said I want to be a part of that because mm-hmm. it's what I need and so from there it was kind of waiting because like I literally waited for Sabina to roll roll out her program and like in the meantime I just kind of like kept researching and just trying to figure things out and downloaded the biz kit Mm -hmm. and so I kind of started there but even then I was like okay I was just kind of waiting so I I literally waited until she fully rolled out the program and signed up and I was like okay this is now I'm gonna actually get going And then once the program started going, I was like, that's what I needed because I know sometimes certain things I need a little bit of external accountability. And that's exactly what the program gave me. Because for me, like, you know, I want to be like that straight A student. So it's like, you know, log in, complete the assignment so that when we meet, it's like, I did the work, I can ask the questions. And so that's what really got me to take an action because I was just sitting around researching and digging myself into deeper holes. <laughs> Not taking real action. Yeah. So we talked about that whole outer accountability thing. You're a Gretchen Rubin fan, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's what I thought. We talked about that the other day in the workshops too. I'm totally a obliger, <laughs> yes. which means I need the external outer accountability to get mm-hmm. things done. So the program really gave you that So at the beginning, you didn't have any clients. You weren't quite putting yourself out there, right? No, Okay. No, nothing at all. Now, where are you? Now, well, so I told Serena like a while back, I had made the decision in my head. I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and quit my job and I'm just going to try. I'm not really where I would want to be as far as, you know, like being like fully, fully booked up. But I said, you know what, I'm going to have to take a chance on myself and just see what I can do because the job was really holding me back because I mean, like I'm a hard worker, so I'm going to show up hundred percent for my job, but then also like it was taking a lot out of me. And then also they were trying to force people to come back to work. And I was like, mm. my sign. <laughs> that's my sign right there. Right now I have about seven clients and then I get referrals from, I've connected with some tax accountants. So I get referrals mm-hmm. from them. And people reaching out just, you know, social media, I've kind of tried to build up my social media presence. And literally, it seems like they just come to me, which makes sense because, you know, I don't know if you know about human design, because, you know, that's, that's my latest thing about, you know, I'm all about learning about self and understanding how things work. And for me, that's really, that's kind of what it's been. It's like responding to something for me, because like with the job generator, I am. Yeah, me too. And it, it makes so much sense because I was like, yeah. I get bursts of energy and I'm just like going, going, going. I'm like, oh, and I never mm-hmm. understood why. I'm like, that made sense. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. And like 
And like when people are like, how are you getting clients? Like I say, I'm like, I'm not really doing anything per se. I'm putting myself out there. And then I kind of allow people to kind of find me and come to me just by making sure that I'm out there. Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not like in anybody's DMs. Like, I, no, <laughs> no, we don't do that around <laughs> no. here. Like I get so weird about that. I'm like, uh, no, yeah. I don't, I don't no, like I'm that. I'm the same way too. And honestly, it comes down to being yourself, putting yourself out there in a sense of showing what you're all about, not acting desperate, but creating the energy and emitting mm-hmm. the energy that you're open to opportunities. Mm-hmm. And it sounds really woo woo, but it works. <laughs> no. And it's so true. Cause that's like one of the main things I said, I'm just going to make sure I put myself out there, make sure people can find me one yeah. way or another, and then just put out what I want to see and what I want people to get from me. Because mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times people are like, they're like, Oh, I can really see how passionate you are about this and how much you're really excited. And I'm like, yes, this is exciting. I'm like, people think I'm like, it's bookkeeping. And they're like, eh, it's just bookkeeping. But I'm like, no, this is like, this makes my day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's so different than even though it's just bookkeeping, it's different because you get to put your own creative spin Mm -hmm. on how you market yourself. You get to, at least for some of us who have that creative side that was kind of stifled in corporate, it's like, this whole new world of Mm -hmm. like, I get to be myself and do accounting. I don't, it's not an either or anymore. Right. I don't have to come to work with my stilettos or whatever you're wearing in your blazer. (laughs) Like you get to wear whatever you want. I show up like however I want with Mm -hmm. my clients and they're here for it. And it's just, it's awesome. So you are now about a year into business, right? Yes. Okay. So just to put it in perspective for people, she quit her corporate job within a year of starting her business. You're at seven recurring clients. Plus yes. you're getting one-off projects like cleanups and catch-ups mm-hmm. and things like that, right? Okay. Yes. And then I also, because I've really narrowed down what I really want to focus on. So I want to focus on, of course, monthly bookkeeping when people are ready. But then I even want to capture those people who are earlier to kind of teach them, yeah. okay, this is what you need to do. I use QuickBooks online. So showing them, let's walk through QuickBooks. This is how you use it. This is what you should be doing. So that when they do get to the point where they can hand it off, it's not a mess. Now, other bookkeepers may not be happy with what I'm trying to do, but (laughs) you know, it's each his own. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, like I always talk about inside BBA that there's different options for service offerings for clients. You can offer a DIY service that you're still involved in. It's more of a training aspect. So you definitely have to have that teacher's heart, but it's definitely a little bit different, but it's a great funnel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Have you converted any of those training or DIY clients into monthly? Not yet. Not yet. But But you're getting close. I'm sure. and, And that's the thing too. Like I haven't really like been promoted. That's the thing too. I haven't really been promoting. So like mm-hmm. when I actually really start promoting, cause that, you know, as we get closer to year end, that's of course what, I'm, what I'll be doing, but yeah, there's a need for it. And I know that that's something that people really, really want because yeah, they don't want to be stressed at t- tax time. <laughs> yes. And the other aspect to that too, isn't necessarily that you're trying to attract DIYers, but the fact that you're putting out content 
showing people how to do things in QuickBooks, it just positions you as the expert. So they're like, well, obviously I'm going to go to me. So when I'm ready for a bookkeeper, because she (laughs) clearly knows what she's doing, she knows all the pitfalls that could happen. She's got it down. So that's the other component of that is your, it's positioning you well. This is so exciting. So let me ask you one more question. What would be your advice for anyone who's kind of on the fence where you were back at the beginning? Like, do I want to start a business or do I not want to, what kind of advice would you give to that person? Well, first I would say, if you even have an inkling, like if you even, if it's even a thought, just try it. As I've realized, there's many different ways to do it. There are some people who you can just have it as like a little side hustle and you can just, you know, have like a small little group of clients that you work with. And that's perfectly fine. You can have it. You can be on the other side and you're like, I want to build up a large firm and I have a whole bunch of clients and I serve all these people. It's so many different ways to do it. It's Mm -hmm. just what is your personal preference and what are your goals? Because there's definitely a need for really, really good bookkeepers. Because if I hear one more story (laughs) about (laughs) how someone was working with a bookkeeper, an accountant, and they had such a bad experience, or they were supposed to be doing this, and they, you get in there, and it's, it's a complete mess, and you're just like, okay, there's definitely a need, because there's definitely kind of scammy type people out there. (laughs) So if you can come in and, you know, kind of fill some gaps it'll be easy because you're filling a gap that's definitely needed because businesses aren't going yeah. away. We need businesses and every new business will need a bookkeeper. If not today, tomorrow. So absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You listen to cloud accounting podcast. Yes. Right. Have yes. you caught this week's episode where they're talking about this website that teaches people how to hold two jobs basically? Oh, okay. <laughs> now that's so funny because I'm like, why don't they just start a side hustle instead of like risking, but it makes, it kind of makes sense. I mean, it it makes, it makes sense if you're working remotely, it's, and it's it's a guaranteed salary. Yeah. It's pretty easy to do. Now I'm going to go listen because that's very interesting. (laughs) Yes. You have to listen to it. And they were just talking about how hard that would be if you actually worked in public accounting to hold a second job, because you have to bill so many hours and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, little side note. All right. I hope this was inspiring to you and we will catch you guys later. Thank you to everyone who helps make this podcast possible. Content and interviews are produced by me, Serena Shoup. Our intro and outro music is written and performed by my brother, Ian Gilliam. Editing is also by Ian using his awesome sound engineering skills along with Descript software. Hosting and publishing is by Buzzsprout. And you can check out the show notes for links to all of these amazing resources and resources mentioned in the episode. Be ambitious.